10, and it's me, it's me, it's the old SFD. We've got that original swag today. Swagzilla Zero G reunited, and man, it feels so good. It's been, uh, we, we had, uh, we each did a, a solo episode, but now we get to tag team this thing again, Swags. It, I, I'm glad to be back with you. I enjoyed doing that show alone, and it's own like mad kind of way but man i was just kind of like all right dude here it is like yeah it just doesn't have the same feel you know but yeah so it's been a couple weeks yeah yeah same like it was it was it was kind of cool doing a solo episode until you realize it like man i i especially me like i need another voice on this thing I can't, I can't, it can't just be me and my hot takes that like, that doesn't do anyone any good. We need, we need a, a counterbalance. I don't know how it. you do it though. Like for me, like I get this, like, um, I'll just be honest with everybody who's listening and who might listen to me on other shows. But for me, when I'm alone, I get this super like anxious feeling and I'm like, man, I have got to get out of here. <laughs> even though like nobody's around you're all alone and i'm just like man i i gotta push through this show and i'm like okay 18 minutes wow maybe that's a little little short but man i i i'm done like i gotta get out of here but like you you can just like handle the pressure and kind of sit there for like an hour (laughs) which yeah i don't know how you do it man and and that's a compliment for, no, for whatever it's it. worth to you. But man, sometimes I'm just like, dude, I just want to get in, get done. And then I'll even be done. And I'm like, man, I probably didn't explain the ifs, ands, or buts and like the whys I want to do that as much as I would have if I was sitting here with John having a conversation. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> anybody yeah. that's listening and who's argued with me about process or results on Twitter, I'm just like, let's get to the freaking results. Like, and and just trust me, but I also get why like people need a little bit more and like some reasons to trust me, but just trust me, just fricking trust me. That's one of the all time tough debates for, for fantasy uh, analysis, by the way, like low key, that's the process versus results. Like, cause I'm, I'm like, both sides seem pretty obvious, you know, when you're standing on that side of it, like it it like it's a pretty concrete argument either way so like that's a i i saw that you kind of got into that one that might even be just its own episode at some point but that feels like something worth talking about um, and i think like i i just want to say i think everybody has some processes that end up with bad results mm-hmm. you know yeah. in, in conclusion to some of that with and like you said a conversation for another time but I think like we all can yield process that we can explain very well our narrative or whatever made us think that way. And I can sit here with you and be like, yeah, John, I totally get why you were thinking that way. Like it it made sense. Like you're not dumb. You're just wrong about (laughs) that particular one. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, the way you were thinking, like it's very, you know, articulated, like, it's not that the way you were thinking didn't make sense to me. It's just that it was wrong in a particular situation. You know what I mean? Like, so just because you can articulate what you were thinking in the moment you were wrong, 
Yeah. To me, I, I guess it just doesn't mean you're right or you were. Right. And it doesn't make you dumb that you were wrong in that moment either to me. It's just you're not wrong, of... Walter. You're just an asshole. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, like, it, it, this is this is why I feel like it's something worth talking about at some point because, like, there's it part of the problem is sometimes the you know the the process ends up being right even though it was flawed you know like you get the results with bad process Kenyon drake is to me the biggest the greatest example of this and has been for several weeks now like that it was it was bad process for people to go pick him up after that two touchdown game you know a couple weeks ago when he had nobody else competing with him but then they had him when, when uh, you know, Gus Edwards inevitably gets injured again. J.K. Dobbins is already out. And so it's Kenyon Drake all by himself again. And it's like, okay, so you, you fell ass backwards into that, but that wasn't – it wasn't good process, you know, at, at any point. So that makes it tough too, you know, <laughs> and like – when when a blind squirrel finds a nut, essentially, like that's just as frustrating to me as bad is good process uh, sure. yielding, you know, negative results. Yeah. And then there's a, another I mean, we'll take that a step further. Like, so I can confidently tell you that I started Kenyon Drake last week in a league and I won this week. Yeah. But I can also tell you that. And I had like Barkley on a bye week. I had injuries. I had, it was completely like, it wasn't a savvy move. I was down to my bare bones and I had to start Kenyon Drake and it ended up working out. Um, it, I don't feel like it was a savvy move, but I also feel like, I mean, I talked about, I talked about Kenyon Drake last week on my quick episode of like, as he was a must own player and feeling like you could start him at that point in time. And, and I felt comfortable with him in, in my lineup. Would I have felt as comfortable if I had like my Barkley and man, I forget who else I had on bye week I, I was hurting in that league. I didn't feel like I was going to get a victory. Um, but again, I didn't feel like that was a savvy move, but it's that fine line, you know, because there was a nobody else wanted to add him to their teams, and and that was a deep dynasty league. Oh, not the deepest for what we play in. It was twenty five rostered, five taxi. Taxis must be rookie. Um, but will I start him week eleven out of his bye week? Um, on that team, probably not. But I might advise to you if you need a running back and Gus Edwards still not back, like on an offense like that, that we know is going to run a lot. I don't think it's a bad process to have Kenyon Drake on your team at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, not anymore. But yeah. <laughs> now if all of a sudden like Gus Edwards is back, J.K. Dobbins comes back early, da-da-da-da-da. And Kenyon Drake goes away. I was wrong. 
even if we can talk about it today with confidence. Now, we're also not sitting here telling people to trade like high valued assets away for Kenyon Drake. We're not telling people to start Kenyon Drake over the players like Barkley or Josh Jacobs or some of the guys that have done it continuously week in, week out. So I think it's important too, like when explaining those processes is that you try to put a certain gauge on the value and how much it does mean to you. Like, yeah, Kenyon Drake, I think is somebody that you could probably ride for a little bit, but he's also somebody I don't want to put a ton of value into or um, put all my marbles into. Yep. Kenyon Drake has probably not been talked about this much in a couple of years. <laughs> I know. He's, he, he's one. Of, we've got a few regulars on this on this show. And, uh, I mean, he's been one of them for several weeks now. But, uh, you know, like Isaiah Pacheco, Kadarius Toney. Like, these are guys we talk about every week. Uh, Rondell Moore we end up talking about most weeks. Mm-hmm. So. so, and Kadarius Toney, like. So Addison Hayes brought this up. We, we, he was one of the people that I felt like I was actually having a decent conversation with on this thread, mm-hmm. but he brought up Kadarius Tony and Amon Ross St. Brown. And would it have been a bad process if you took Kadarius Tony over Amon Ross St. Brown last year? And for me, I, I right away, I was like, well, this is a really bad example because I absolutely would have been on the Amon side, even last year. That was me, like arguing with Finero about it on Rookie Fever, um, him feeling my passion as if it was obvious to me that Amon was the one. We're going to talk about Amon a little bit more on the show, and we'll get out of this like little discussion about process. And um, to me, partly about accountability, accountability as well. But then he asks, like, every example was something that I've talked about in the past. And I was on the side that the majority was not on. So Hmm. did that make my process poor because I didn't agree with everybody at the time, even though I ended up being correct. Right. And this isn't a victory lap. I'm just acting. Was my process bad just because I didn't agree with everybody? And because I didn't care about Kadarius Tony's draft capital, um, I wanted Tua, Tua over Lance. These are the ones that Addison and I kind of talked about a little bit. Like, did that make me dumb because I didn't agree with everybody and ended up being correct? Was my process so, flawed? I mean, not necessarily. Not in- at all. <laughs> and and <laughs> well, it's it's kind of tough because there's there uh, there are two different things that we're that we look at in fantasy football and obviously production being the big one and and yeah um you know if that's what you're going for if if you're just looking for uh for you know points in your lineup um uh, then the process I, I think was correct then there's the the <laughs> then there's value there's you know there's there's utility and there's currency and i and i know that you've got a lot of thoughts on value um i, I would like, say i'm still winning the value side of this particular conversation though n- now you are but at, sure, the t- sure. at, the, at the time you know it, it at the time you gave up value to take the player that you thought would produce better 
So, so it's like it, like inherently there's some flawed, uh, some flawed process in terms of value. It doesn't matter. Like once, once all of this gets fleshed out, like that, that value discrepancy just got erased. Right. But so, but if value all, if all value is for fantasy football is what most people agree on, Mm -hmm. I'm flawed just for not agreeing with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's where my problem with all of this comes in is I don't look at that as the flaw. Yeah. I look at that as an exception and something that's very hard to do, even for me um, in this world that like so much of what we do and think is based on what other people think wanting to be accepted, be part of a group. I want those things just as much as anybody else. I want to be accepted. I want to be part of a group. Sometimes I know when I go a different direction, I am automatically not going to be accepted. I am not going to be part of your group. That is not a feeling that's like greater that I'm going for. I'm not trying to have some kind of hype takes. I'm trying to steer people in the correct direction with like whatever passion I have in that moment. Yeah. So it's not an easy thing to do to go against the mob to continually get kicked when you're down because now more people are seeing you take Swift over CEH and they're just ready to beat the crap out of you every time you talk about it. That is not an easy thing to repeatedly wake up and give the advice that you think is going to help people in the best possible way, even when other people, because again, John, I want to be accepted just like everybody else wants to be accepted. Mm -hmm. I just have to also know that I, I didn't start giving advice to be accepted. I didn't start giving advice to be a part of a group. I wanted to give advice because I truly felt that I could help people I don't know, dude. It's it's yeah. really weird. So for me, like, it's a lot harder for me to go against that grain and other people I know as well than to just be like, take Kadarius Tony. How yeah. can you go wrong? The Giants selected him in the first round. No teams ever <laughs> get those wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that kind of what we're talking about, like the, the answer, the, the easy answer to that would be like, would say something along the lines of, yeah, I mean, you know, it, you you what you want to end up with is Amon Ross St. Brown, but you're kind of, if you're in a position to draft Kadarius Tony, you trade out of that, you know, and and capitalize on the value, like and and it doesn't always work this way. Like we're not always able to do this exactly, but um, kind of the the like the ideal scenario there would have been to you know trade that pick let them let somebody else take Kadarius Tony and and deal with that and then you know take the profit plus the player that you think is better but it's it's that even that it's all pretty abstract and at the Mm -hmm. end of the day like you said I mean what we're trying what we're really trying to do here for people is look around corners you know we're we're not trying to to just tell you what you already think. We're not trying to just confirm for you what you already thought or even more than that what you already what you felt. 
You yeah. know, we're definitely not trying to play into your emotions here. And and so for me, and I agree with everything you said as far as like trying to move back and get other pieces and trying to take advantage of how most people might value any certain player. It doesn't even have to be Kadarius, Tony, or Aman, but I, I have no problem with trying to take advantage with other people's feelings or emotions on on a player that relationship that they've built with a, a player in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, still the same. If I'm going to make my rankings, my rookie rankings, I'm not going to give Kadarius Tony a value boost because of how most people feel. Right. I'm going to rank them appropriately to my feelings, even if I have to take crap for it. And I don't, it's so funny too, when people like, man, do people like really like do the things where they um, like put a take up just to get attention? Oh yeah. Because like for me, dude, like, and I'm not even joking, John, for me, I don't enjoy it. I'm just like, yeah, dude, I really put this up how I feel so that you guys could shit on me together for an hour. (laughs) I know. Like I'm super enjoying this. Like, do people really do that? Because for they, me, I'm just, do. I don't do that. I I know. I, I, and I'm with you. Like, I, I honestly do filter myself. There have been so many tweets that I wanted to send out that I thought actually would be kind of useful. But I was just like, you know what? It's not worth. Don't the feel brain dealing damage. with it right now. <laughs> yeah. It's it, like, it's, it's not gonna, it, it's. <clears throat> It, it it's not worth the blowback that I'm going to get for this. Yeah. So like, yep. like I'll just kind of take my own, you know, internal victory lap when I get this right. There's, and there's been kind of a lot of those where it's just like, man, it, it, and I look back on it and said, and said, you know what? I should have sent that tweet because, you know, I would have looked like a genius, but again, it, it, at the end of the day, it just wasn't worth it for me to just sit there and, and, you know, take the beating that I was going to take for saying that. So like it, it, that's, and that's not good. It's not, it's not a good thing for anybody in this community when it feels that way. I think that there are a lot of people who feel kind of victimized by fantasy receipts. Uh, I don't think that they are um, nearly the instigator that, that people think like, it's not like they, just like whoever whoever it is it's not like they created this account and then just a zillion freaking burner accounts that you know a bunch of trolls to go around calling people you know calling people names and stuff um for having for getting something wrong like it's not like they're it's not like they're like drawing out that like that has been there all along that's been a part of the community all along and it still is. And it's, it's a problem. I, I don't mind that account one bit, to be honest with you. No. Yeah. I think it's fun. I like, I even, <laughs> I, 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 like I, I kind of pushed them a little bit to find something of mine. Cause I was like, I was like, I know that I've said some stuff, but I don't know that you can find it. <laughs> Seriously, within like two minutes, he found something about uh, Josh Rosen. <laughs> something I, I said about Josh Rosen, and it was just like, man, I think it was. Uh, it might have even been Josh Rosen versus Josh Allen or something mm. like that. 
And uh, yeah, which is a tough one, man. It was a it was a bad take for but sure. But your process, yeah, <laughs> 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 exactly. And which... uh, I had one too, and I kind of told on myself a little bit, but it was um, in regards to Travis Etienne. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, I don't yeah. mind them a bit, man. I think that. There's something they're doing right about it. I like not knowing who it is. Yeah. If you ever know who it is, I don't want to know. I really don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're seeing fewer of those. Like, there's a difference between, like, a bold prediction and a hot take. And I actually end up saying that every time I do a, a an episode of Super Show here where we do uh, uh, You're Nuts. I, I always tell people, like, the idea here isn't to just come up with something that's completely ridiculous and, uh, and you know, just plant your flag on it. Like, that's because that doesn't help anybody. And there's plenty of that out there. Like, that's why fantasy receipts is so valuable, because there are people who just, they, they like, they just say things just to, just, you know, just to be provocative. Like yeah. the idea with your nuts is <laughs> the the idea with your nuts swags is that you're supposed to say something that like you know make a bold prediction that is going to make people raise their eyebrows and then you say here's why and then you explain the process as mm -hmm. we come full circle here in the conversation and and to me that's the stuff that's actually useful and that's what we need more of so you know, if we can weed out some of the just the the garbage takes, uh, the, the malicious takes. people that want to be coddled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like those those two things don't go together, folks. You can't be malicious and then want to be coddled all the time. You're kind of, I mean, come on. We, I don't yep. know, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So we, last week you you were hyper efficient with the, the SOPs. Uh, you got it done in about 18 minutes, and that included intro and outro music. It's craziness. And we, we sat there wondering, like, what's the difference here? And then 22 minutes into this, uh, after this conversation, it's it's very obvious <laughs> how you got SOPs done so much faster <laughs> than, than we, we just normally talked. Do. Just like I want to get out of here. <laughs> so, because, so I did want to ask you a question before we get going, though. Sure. Russell Wilson out of the bye week with a decent matchup. Yeah. Healthy wide receivers should think maybe Melvin Gordon's a little bit more healthy. He's got your Lat Lat Latavius Murray. Yep. How are you feeling about Russell Wilson out of the bye week? Because we don't have a lot of quarterback talk on our sheet today, really. Yeah. Your Denver Broncos. I so <clears throat> um uh, <laughs> like it, it this is another one of those where it feels like there's a there's kind of a bold prediction to make and I'm I'm nervous of it, you know, because I keep thinking like there's there's going to be a pivot point here for the Broncos offense and specifically for Russell Wilson. And a big part of it is the time off, getting healthy, you know, having a full week. Um, 
you know, to to just kind of tinker with things before you get back to, uh, you know, game week and, and um, you know, walkthroughs and everything like that. Like you have a little bit it, in the bye week, you have a little bit of an opportunity to kind of retool some things a little bit. And one of the things that they did is turned over play calling to offensive coordinator Justin Outen. I don't know that that's necessarily better than Nathaniel Hackett. I do think that it makes uh, the, I think that you're going to get the plays in quicker. I think that you're going to, there's, there's going to be less, uh, um, you know, you're, more time to get set, more time for motions, more time for audibles and, and hot routes and stuff. Um, you know, when you get to the line quicker because you get to play in quicker. So, you know, I like I think that there is an opportunity for the Broncos. I I I don't and I also always just kind of get self-conscious about the fact that I am a Broncos fan. So like I I very easily could be looking at this through orange and blue colored glasses. But yeah. I do think it, you know, it's a it's a very good matchup. And like I said, that you you really kind of had an opportunity to to retool some things, not just, you know, not just trying to do it on the fly. Um, but you know, you actually get to make some mid season corrections, um, over the bye week So I, 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 what I'll, what I will say is this, I've, uh, in one of my leagues where, uh, I've had Lamar Jackson just kind of uh, like as much as I want to get him out of my lineup, I haven't been able to do it. Um, he's on by this week, and I'm going with Russell Wilson, and I feel fine about that. I don't feel like I need to run to waivers to replace him. You know, I don't feel like I need to uh, make a trade for anybody in particular. Uh, I think that Russell Wilson coming off the bench is going to be uh, just fine for me as a QB1 this week. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. And a lot of times quarterbacks average two to three points or not average. They score two to three points more than their seasonal average right out of their buy. So with a nice yeah. matchup, man, I don't mind Russell Wilson this week. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that defense is a little bit better than, um, you know, what the what the stats show. But I think that, yeah, I think there's an opportunity. And, and it's not just Wilson. I think... The entire offense has a, has an opportunity to kind of turn things around. I think Chase Chase Edmonds coming in as the new starting running back, definitely Ooh. the pass catcher. But I think that he's he he adds a dynamic that they haven't had since Javante went down, and uh, that's speed out of the backfield. That's pass, you know, it's pass catching. It's it's you know that wiggle in the open field makes some people miss like this is all stuff that they haven't had in several weeks now it's just been melvin gordon up the middle latavius murray up the middle and, like, and they it, say melvin's still starting yeah would, you, would and, you start chase edmonds over melvin gordon i would and i and they can they can start whoever the hell they want but they're gonna figure it out pretty fast <laughs> this is by far the most talented running back that you have at the moment. This is the guy who who can get loose for you and and you know make some things happen. It's not just going to be you know lunge forward for 2 yards Melvin Gordon. It's going to be 
there's some actual electricity there's some juice behind this so yeah man uh chase edmonds is uh we've got him on here actually as an ad but um yes i mean just talking about guys make sure they're rostered you know russell wilson uh greg dulcich who we're going to talk about that's another one of those dulcich yes (laughs) he's another one of of our uh every week um conversation pieces but uh make sure he's on on a roster and if he's not prioritize him and uh and yeah chase edmonds if he got dropped because of the lack of uh of usage in miami now that he's in denver i think that you pick him back up we actually had him as a drop but that's when it was miami it was raheem mostert's job chase edmonds just not even getting on the field but now in denver i mean there's just kind of no denying that he's the best option that they have. Yeah. Um, two other guys to make sure they're rostered real quick before we get to the ads. Donovan Peoples-Jones, we've been talking a lot about him. He probably is still out there. <laughs> like It seems like he's got pretty low rostership, especially in uh, redraft leagues, um, probably shallower dynasty leagues. But, uh, yeah, there's a good chance that he's still out there, even though uh, he's been consistently one of the top targeted wide receivers in the the league. Um, I mean, he's running the most uh, among the most routes in the league. So, like, uh, and the the Cleveland Browns. You mentioned him a few weeks ago. And since then, it's really stayed the same, too. Like, those targets have continued to be there for Donovan Peoples Jones. The only thing that's missing is touchdowns. He has, he's yet to score a touchdown. And that's the type of thing that we love to chase in fantasy football. Yeah. You know, maybe, that maybe touchdown the next player on the list will help that. Yeah, exactly. Um, which, it, and so by the way, the Browns have uh, one of the best wide receiver schedules the rest of the way. Um, so Donovan Peoples Jones and, uh, you know, Amari Cooper, I think we. Already talked about him previously as a buy, but uh, you know, just to sneak him in real quick as well. But yeah, Deshaun Watson coming back from suspension, um, so eligible in would it be week thirteen? I believe twelve uh, twelve mm-hmm. game suspension plus the buy. So yeah, week thirteen, which is against Houston, um, I believe December fourth. I want to say so. Like it, we're still plenty early. But that's kind of what it's going to take. Like in a redraft super flex league, if Deshaun Watson is still out there, it's it, like you're you're in a game of chicken right now with everybody else. Everybody's just like waiting to see how long you can go before he gets picked up, you know, a little bit early. And they're hoping that they can get through buys. They're hoping they can get to week 12 and he's still going to be there for him. But I would pick him up right now, stash him, and uh, you know you have to wait a couple weeks. But I, you're gonna get a you and the Cleveland Cleveland Browns pass catchers are gonna get a massive, massive upgrade uh, when Deshaun Watson comes back. Um, he's a shit person though, <laughs> and absolutely. <laughs> I have one league that I, I I'm the commissioner. Um, and we voted, I put it to a vote and we voted to suspend Deshaun Watson for the entire season. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. 
For yeah, real, yeah, so, that's kind of fun because I agree with you. He's a piece of crap, but yeah. <laughs> if you're playing in a league, he's still fantasy points. And it's, I mean, it's like with Monopoly, like you don't want the thimble, but you can still win with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah, that's the thing. It's if, if he's available, somebody's going to use him. Yep. And that was part of the thought process is like there are some people in the league who don't want to deal with the morality of it. There are other people who have no problem with it, and they're going to pick him up, and they're going to get a, a boost at quarterback. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let's just remove that so that we don't have to, you know, no one has to compromise their morality in order to pick him up. Let's just let's just make him unavailable. And if anybody picks him up in that league, if you even have him on your roster, your uh, none of your uh, lineup. Um, counts. So was this league a startup? Was it a redraft? And were yeah. the votes unanimous? And how did the person that rostered Deshaun Watson feel? Uh, so it, it was redraft. Okay. And so it was before the season gotcha. started. Yeah. So it, that Look, does make it easier. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, I, I like it. I like that the league voted on it and that I think that that's actually kind of fun in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 would have been a lot tougher to do in a dynasty, but yeah, in in redraft it was just kind of it, it was pretty easy and and it was not unanimous um but most of the votes were for some type of suspension. Hmm. So, uh yeah, I I and I don't remember what all the options were, but yeah, essentially um, most of the votes were either suspend him for the year or suspend him, um, indefinitely. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah. But most leagues didn't do that. So make sure he's rostered. Yep. <laughs> um, players you can add it's, it's pretty light this week. Uh, most of the juices at running back. We already talked about chase Edmonds, Tyler Algier, uh, still gets, despite a pretty, uh, a, a much lighter workload with, uh, Cordero Patterson back, still gets in the end zone, still gets you double digit fantasy points. Just shy of a hundred yards. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, it, it seems like it'll probably be a committee approach. They, even with Cordero Patterson, they just haven't had the short yardage guy. They haven't had the chain mover. That's kind of what Algier gives you. So it'd probably stick with him. I don't know that he's going to get enough volume typically, but uh, he's going to be involved. And then Jeff Wilson, man, he just came in and took over that job. Apparently like Raheem Mostert had been pretty solidly the top back to a point where they were willing to trade away Chase Edmonds. And then they immediately trade for Jeff Wilson Mike McDaniel gets, you know, the running back room that he had in San Francisco. He's basically, you know, just completely rebuilt it in in Miami with Mostert and Wilson. And he favored Wilson in the first game. So, you know, if if that's how game one looked, it feels like it's only going to increase from there. Like Jeff Wilson, I'm guessing Jeff Wilson is going to be the top priority in most leagues. Um, so I, I'm going to, I, I just want to get through all the names real quick, but then I'm going to ask you about that. 
uh, wide receivers, Miko Hardman um, gets in the end zone again, I believe scored a touchdown. Um, it's still, it's, it's low, uh, low volume, high efficiency. That's yep. kind of what it's always been with Hardman. Seems like he's getting four to five targets though. Yeah. Yeah. Which is up from the, you know, the two that he had been getting mm-hmm. when Tyree kill was in town. Yep. Um, Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, I, I don't remember if he got in the end zone too, but, um, really kind of, uh, consolidated that third wide receiver spot now that he's back and healthy and Terrace Marshall, um, finally gets in the end zone and he's seen his volume increasing week over week since, uh, Christian McCaffrey was traded away. So let's see. Oh, and, and Robbie Anderson too, of course. Um, and then a tight end, Dan Arnold, uh, in this, this one, there's kind of some moving parts to it. There's kind of some, um, some contingencies to all of this. So Dan Arnold comes in, uh, to replace Evan Ingram and actually, um, is, is more efficient with the, the targets that he got than Evan Ingram had been. But we know that Evan Ingram is there is the top wide receiver for the Jaguars if he's healthy. So, just monitor that situation. If Evan Ingram is is out, though, Don, Dan Arnold becomes a very good starting option. And then Greg Dulcich. We're going to talk about him even more, but um, we already mentioned, you know, what's what's coming up for the Broncos, and the fact that this has been uh, this this is a development that has been coming for several weeks. Since Dulcich was activated off of IR, he's taken on a bigger and bigger role. And that offense has been improving, uh, you know, since then. So it's uh, hard to hard to imagine that that's a coincidence. So I kind of think Greg Dulcich probably rostered in most leagues at this point, you know, with the possible exception of shallower redraft leagues where – you know, maybe he got dropped because of the bye week, um, you know, where you just drop him and, and pick up a streamer instead. But for the most part, I don't think he's going to be available to very many people. Um, if he was, though, who's the, who's the top priority for you? If Greg Dulcich is available, who's the top priority this week? If Greg Dulcich, man, first of all, Greg Dulcich should, he should like, change lattes forever and i think he it should be like cinnamon dolcech from now on (laughs) instead like or something man (laughs) it it's just gonna make denver taste better forever yeah (laughs) but i still think i mean i'm going back up to the running backs and a a little bit of it is going to be because of the cliche of the running back scarcity and what i feel like tyler algier and jeff wilson could help you and right now and impact your team going into the playoffs at this point and a little bit of tight ends just don't matter you know so as far as waiver priority man i think that i'm just gonna i'm probably gonna have tyler algier above jeff wilson by a little bit and it's just be i mean it's like 99 yards on 10 touches i think something like that and patterson had 14 and got 42 Again, something like that. I, I'm not looking at anything, or honestly, I, don't quote me here. Ballpark. But I think that 
Algier, like you said, I think he's going to be that that running back for that team. And Jeff Wilson and Mostert, like I still feel like we have to figure out what's going on there a little bit. Like, was Mostert banged up? Like, why did Jeff Wilson get integrated into that offense so quickly? Um, yeah. But I still like him. I think he's my second waiver ad. And then after that, I'll probably go to Terrace Marshall because of the volume he's getting. I do have concerns, like, who's going to be the quarterback moving forward? And if that quarterback is, quote-unquote, like a quarterback upgrade for the team, does he still target Terrace Marshall? Um, and then I'm probably going with Cole Hardman because I think that it's kind of just legit. Like, I think you could have him as your wide receiver three or flex him. I think he's got a decently safe floor. Then I'm going Greg Dolchich and then probably, then probably Chase Edmonds, John, cause I just don't trust that Denver backfield right now. <laughs> and then Dan Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. He could almost be a next week this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we just kind of have a lot of those, but, uh, and yeah, I mean, to me, the opportunity to get a lead back, which is what I think Chase Edmonds could be. I'm not saying he will be right away. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, he probably won't <laughs> not at first, but I think that it, you know, ultimately that's what ends up happening. But I think that, you know, if, if the opportunity is out there to get that type of role, like a workhorse type of player, especially somebody who's going to take advantage of, of a PPR. You know, I, I think that you just go ahead and prioritize it now rather than waiting and seeing if, if he clears waivers, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that he's under the radar enough that we almost could have put him in next week, this week. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's the main reason that I, I agree. I think Jeff Wilson is a, is a higher priority. Um, I think Greg Dulcich is a higher priority. I think Terrace Marshall is a higher priority. I think you're right on those. Um, trying to decide if there's any more analysis that needs to go into that. Uh, I, I, well, I, I yeah, I guess, I guess the one other thing, so if we're going to talk about so Jeff Wilson top priority, what type of fab uh, are you willing to put on Jeff Wilson? Man, we're at week ten. If you're putting fab in on Jeff Wilson, you're or any of these players, you're probably competing with six to eight teams that feel like they have a chance. Um. I think that honestly you take some time and you see what kind of money people have and what their needs might be. And if you feel like a team needs these running backs more than the next and they have the money to get them, you have to try to outbid that particular team. I think it's hard to put a a price or value. Um, it's and and I feel like I sound stupid just saying oh, 100% of what you have every week because full well knowingly at this point, if you listen to me every week, you have no money left. <laughs> um, but, gone all in so many times, <laughs> <laughs> but man, I feel like I would go all in on 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 the running backs if any of them are available just to fill that need, yeah. 
and then the wide receivers, I feel like I'm just playing a few bucks of what I have, just hoping to get them and nobody else is interested in them. And yeah. same with the tight ends, as much as I like Dolchich. Like, I'm probably just not... I'm probably throwing all of my fab at Tyler Algier and Jeff Wilson. I wonder if Isaiah Likely belonged on this list of ads. I mean, I think that he got picked up in most leagues. I Even in my, you know, my shallower uh, redraft leagues, I still... This week, I, you know, knowing that Mark Andrews was going to be out, I picked him up and and started him in a mm. lot of leagues. I think that probably happened a lot, but that just kind of came to mind. But uh, the one thing about it is, and, and this is something that we've kind of talked about strategically throughout the season, is that like you can kind of leverage the running backs against each other. And that should make guys like Jeff Wilson a little bit cheaper. You know, like... It, it and it's a little tougher this week because Tyler Algier, and you know it's it it's very speculative with Chase Edmonds. Tyler Algier, we need him to carve out a role. Uh, you know now with Cordero Patterson back, like it was one thing for him to take on a a pretty big workload with Cordero Patterson out with the injury, but now that you've got Patterson back. You know, we need some proof of concept here from Tyler Algier um, in, you know, in these new conditions. So it does make it a little bit tougher. It makes Jeff Wilson probably more expensive. But uh, the fact that like there's there, it's almost arbitrage at running back, even though like it's not irrational to to heavily target Jeff Wilson to, you know, to be aggressive trying to get Jeff Wilson the fact that you can still get Chase Edmonds cheap or you can get Tyler Algier quite a bit cheaper makes it easier to not spend so much on Jeff Wilson. If that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. Or even some of the next week, this week guys. Yeah. That to me, that's the big thing. And that's the big value of the standard operating procedures Mm -hmm. is in next week, this week. That's why I love this segment so much. So let's get to that. But yeah, what, you know, the fact that it does give you it gives you some leverage when you're uh, filling out your waivers is uh, that's that's my favorite part of it. The fact that you can kind of say, well, I could go heavy after Jeff Wilson, but, you know, I'm I'm just fine getting Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. Or seeing who's dropped. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm more excited so. to tell to hear you tell everybody why you're interested in this quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> this is one of those things where you and I are both we're we're definitely on the fringe. Uh, we're we're this is not mainstream, and we're both pretty extreme about this opinion. Um, and it's very un it's a very unpopular opinion, but we both hold it. Lamar Jackson is awful. I don't know what else like what else can we say at this point? He has been just absolutely ridiculous for several weeks now. For he had two big weeks essentially. And they were at the beginning of the season, you know, he had a good week 1, he had a great week 2 and a great week 3. And it has been below average ever since. And that's kind of the best that we can say about Lamar Jackson. 
Baltimore Ravens have not given him a long-term contract, and it's kind of becoming apparent why that might be. Yet he's still he they're winning games. They're probably headed for the playoffs. They're probably or might be headed for the playoffs, um, or at least close to it. Which means they're probably headed for a you know late half of the first round draft pick, which probably puts them out of the running for you know one of the top quarterbacks. It very the time could come very very soon where the Baltimore Ravens need to start looking towards 2023, figuring out what are we going to do? Are we letting Lamar Jackson walk? And if so, what do we have on roster currently? Do we need to go explore other options or do we go with the guy that is, you know, really somewhat proven in Tyler Huntley? And that's kind of that's 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 all the narrative behind this. There's a lot, but next week, this week, quarterback Tyler Huntley, just on the on the idea that uh, they make that switch just to see what they've got, because while they're winning right now with Lamar Jackson, it is ugly. <laughs> And they're going to need to find some more offense than that. Yeah. Like if they yeah. want to keep up with Cincinnati, they're going to need to find more offense. Basically try to trade Lamar Jackson to a contender in dynasty. Just, just in case, man, even if Lamar Jackson goes like, he'll go to another NFL team somehow, some way um, he sells tickets, he sells jerseys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you don't know that it's that offense is going to be tailored for Lamar Jackson like it has been in Baltimore either. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, you I know, almost... We say it all the time, too, about quarterbacks like Tyler Huntley or rookie quarterbacks. Like The teams have to see what they have in these players before they go into free agency, before they go into the draft. They, yeah. they have to see what they have in some of these guys. And it seems like it's it's extra important in this case because, you know, it it's not about, oh, so do we spend a first-round pick or a second-round pick on a quarterback? No, you're talking about do we re-sign this guy at, you know, a, 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 an elite-level deal, give him something like what Kyler Murray just got, like ru what Russell Wilson just got, ridiculous amounts of money that you're kind of stuck with the guy <laughs> now you know do we mm -hmm. do that do we do that type of contract extension or do we let him walk they need to figure that out and they need to figure it out fast so i kind of think that there's but you know at some point this season i'm not saying right away but i think at some point this season you're probably gonna see tyler huntley so that they can start to figure out what they're gonna do going forward um, next week, this week, running backs, Isaiah Spiller, Chuba Hubbard, Kenyon Drake. And then we've got uh, both Jordan Wilkins and Zach Moss of the Colts with uh, now Deion Jackson injured um, along with uh, uh, with a knee injury. We're not sure of the severity yet, along with Jonathan Taylor already dealing with injuries and just kind of an overall down season. You just lost your head coach. 
uh, you're, you know, you've turned to Sam Ellinger at, uh, at quarterback. There's, uh, there's kind of, there's, there's a lot there that kind of implies a shift to more of a focus on the running game, which hard to imagine the Colts focusing more on the run than what they already have. Um, but, and now you're kind of starting to run out of healthy bodies. So Jordan Wilkins, uh, you know, signed off of the practice squad, um, and immediately ended up being the lead back with, uh, once Deion Jackson went out and, uh, Zach Moss recently, they recently traded for him, but it seems like Jordan Wilkins is going to be the, uh, the guy ahead of Zach Moss. Uh, but I think that you you probably want to throw a dart at either one of those. Uh, I, it feels like a little bit of a toss-up. Um, Isaiah Spiller is back. Uh, the uh, the backup, the immediate backup to Austin Eckler, it seems. Um, Josh Kelly's still injured, of course. But it sure seems like they, they went away from Sony Michelle and focused more on Isaiah Spiller this week. And I think that we can trust that. I mean, that's something that we kind of envisioned, you know, when they first drafted Isaiah Spiller. So um, I think that this is uh, they they maybe they finally feel like he knows the playbook well enough. I don't know. Maybe may understands the pass protection assignments a little bit better. They're they're more comfortable with him on the field now. Um, and then uh, Chuba Hubbard, um, the 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 real analysis here is just the fact that Donta Foreman, well, okay. Two things. First of all, Donta Foreman is, uh, not, <laughs> he's, he's, he's not, not equipped to handle the workload the way he has been, whether there's an injury coming or just the fact that they need to, lighten that workload for him either way chuba hubbard takes on more of a role not only that they're going to be in a lot of you know negative game scripts for uh, for the running game uh, a lot of chasing points you know a lot of throwing the ball uh, and chuba hubbard is a better receiver out of the backfield so it's kind of a several different paths here for chuba hubbard um i'm gonna let you talk about Kenyon drake though because I don't know that I can, <laughs> that no, I that's can represent cool. this one. You, we kind of already did a little bit too. Yeah. Um, I even, I even think like you, you could almost consider where did you end there? I had a cell pop up when you were talking, hmm. but, but yeah, Kenyon Drake. I mean, for me, it's more just that offense, He's on a bye week this week. Um, this is kind of also going off the precedence that maybe Kenyon Drake is dropped after some of the waiver wire guys are picked up or even some of these other guys. Um, oh, Foreman. That, that's where I was going with a sell. Like maybe Foreman should have been on our sell list just for what he's done. Because I agree with you. He probably isn't going to hold up to all of that and Chuba Hubbard will get some work and Foreman's been great, but maybe a sell honestly, but back to Kenyon Drake in that offense, if he's the running back that's going to start out of the bye week I absolutely feel like you can fire him up if you're in a situation where you need a running back. And I feel like it's dirt cheap. 
Um, that's nothing that I think is going to last for the season. This is a move that you're almost like streaming running back in a weird way. And I know that that's not a conventional thing that we do, but it's almost like you're streaming Kenyon Drake until other players are back. But as, as long as there's these injuries, I'm happy starting with whoever's going to be the lead back in a Baltimore Ravens offense. I'll take that running back. That's fair. Um, and I also think there's just kind of some, there's some strategy involved, you know, as far as, because Gus Edwards likely back this week and then who knows how long he's, <laughs> he's available mm-hmm. before he goes back out. And that's the thing with these ACL injuries coming back from the ACL injuries, him and Dobbins are going to be in and out of the lineup. So there's going to be like, it's just going to be this roller coaster with Kenyon Drake, I think, where, it's like one week you want to you want to get away from him because either Edwards or Dobbins is there, uh, and then the next week he's got the backfield to himself. Like yeah, like I think we're gonna see that. So that yeah, it makes sense for next week. This week and and there's some that's the thing. There's some speculation this week, and we're gonna talk about this with wide receiver in a second too. But a lot of this is speculation. It's less about. You know what? What next week? This week typically has been is these guys are on waivers. They're going to clear waivers, and then you pick them up for free uh, before you have to overpay for them on waivers later. Now mm, it's that is true. I kind of did break the rules, huh? Well, it, but we we did that at wide receiver too, and and I think I mean part of it is we're kind of running low on those next week this week guys at this point in the season. But I also think that there's a little bit of of uh, of process behind that where, you know, it's it's not necessarily that we're targeting these guys on waivers. It's kind of that we're looking for we're looking ahead to the buy window that's coming for yeah. some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Right. So and, and flip side with somebody like Kenyon Drake, if you have him on a dynasty team and you just kind of have him for zero reason but to put extra points in your lineup or on your bench you should he's not worth much to me like trade him for a third or a fourth just to make extra space for some of the other guys we're talking about yeah yep so the wide receivers that uh you know that i think is kind of the same thing tyler boyd and chase claypool like those guys are most likely rostered in most leagues um, especially, you know, Claypool after getting traded to Chicago, probably a lot of people just kind of, you know, speculatively and and just kind of the excitement of seeing a player on the move probably went and picked him up. And then Tyler Boyd, as soon as Jamar Chase went down, a lot of people ran to pick him up. But we still have those guys as next week, this week, wide receivers for that same reason. We're just kind of looking ahead to a potential buy window coming up um, Uh even though it might not be here right this moment or if they're dropped because of bye week even yeah yeah and then odell beckham jr is kind of the same thing he also though he might actually be available on waivers and if he is i think that you're probably gonna have to uh you're probably gonna have to actually bid on him right now I just think that it's a it's a small enough bid now because we're probably still, uh, you know, waivers are going to run in the next you know twenty four hours in most leagues, 
and then you know Beckham probably ends up on a team after that so you know it, it it's going to be less of a priority it's going to be a lower priority right now with uh without him on a team than it will be once he signs somewhere. Yeah. so that's where he makes more sense for next week this week but i think that you probably still want to put in at least a minimum bid mm-hmm. on Od- odo beckham jr now part of it for me with tyler boyd Mm-hmm. He had the the least productive fantasy game he's had since week six in week nine. Then he gets the bye week. And then he gets Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Kansas City week 11, 12, and 13. Like three pretty juicy wide receiver matchups in a row out of the bye week. And yeah. so I'm just wondering if people who are enjoying Tyler Boyd soured because of the soft performance and the oh, it's only Tyler Boyd going into the bye week. I need to pick up Kadarius phony. So I'm going to make this <laughs> drop. Yeah. And on as far as chase Claypool goes, his first game fairly limited uh, in uh, the amount of uh, snaps that he got. Um, I'm going to just skip ahead to my fades real quick here. I only have one of them this week and it's Cole Komet with two touchdowns. That doesn't mean that the breakout that we thought was coming at the start of the season is here now. Uh, it's those were Chase Claypool's touchdowns. Essentially, that's my analysis on it. Uh, those are those are targets that are typically going to go to Chase Claypool when he's on the field, uh, you know, as normal. So, um, so yeah, fade Cole Komet, target Chase Claypool. Um, while people are still thinking that he might not be that involved. I like because that. Because he will. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, tight ends. Yet again, we have Greg Dulcich. <laughs> um, we wanted him, him everywhere. Yeah. We've, <laughs> that's how much we want him everywhere. We've got him on every segment. Um, we're even going to drop Greg Dulcich just so that we can pick him <laughs> back up. <laughs> like, <laughs> just so we can drop him, talk about him more. Just so we can get excited about claiming him <laughs> off the waivers. But <laughs> we've got him as next week, this week. And, uh, you know, we kind of, we really kind of shifted next week, this week a little bit uh, at tight end, um, more into, you know, kind of streaming options at tight end. Greg Dulcich with nice matchups in both week 10 and week 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have Tyler Higby on here because he's going. He'll be at home against Arizona. They're the absolute worst against tight ends. Um, I believe that's a team giving up a tight end touchdown every week, if I remember. Right. Uh, Kate Otten is at home against Seattle, second worst against tight ends, and then third worst is Miami. And David Njoku, assuming he's back healthy, um, travels to Miami to take advantage of that that matchup. So. Yeah. Those are your 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 tight end streamers based on matchups, but I'm gonna let you talk about George Kittle. Yeah, I threw in George Kittle as a next week this week just because I think that as one of the tight top like fantasy tight ends in the league league, if I could talk, I think he's been knocked down a few notches in our minds. And I think I really think George Kittle's back. And then He's out of the bye week, which I think he'll be a little bit fresher. The matchup out of the bye week isn't nice, but then that week 11 matchup is pretty juicy. I mean, people might even literally sour on him a little bit more if he doesn't perform 
right away out of the bye week. But I think he's got a safe floor again. I think he's going to get the targets. And I think that we can trust George Kittle again. He's somebody you obviously have to trade for. This is a completely different kind of move than any of the other tight ends. Or to be fair, probably the closest one to him on next week, this week is Tyler Boyd. But even that's not like George Kittle type value. You definitely have to trade for George Kittle if if you're buying what I'm selling you today. Yeah. That one, that one kind of surprised me that, uh, like, I thought Christian McCaffrey was going to cut into his work. It seems like he kind of opened things up for Kittle a little bit more. So, I like that one too. And and then you know, above all else, you know, we're kind of chasing matchups, and that's exactly what you did there. I think that's what we need to try to get back to at tight end, though, John. And you and I have yeah. been talking a lot about tight ends this season while we've been talking about it, and I think that everybody that's a huge word everybody i think a lot of people are searching for the next one the next tight end and that's so hard to find because they don't happen a lot but i think streaming's easier <laughs> yeah and of course if you do want to get away from streaming if you just want to be able to rubber stamp a tight end which i wouldn't recommend but you know some people just like to be able to to just set it and forget it uh, first of all, Greg Dulcich, you know, back to that name. The second easiest schedule uh, for a tight end rest of season. So, Gerald Everett has decent schedule, right? Gerald Everett's number one. Yeah, Gerald Everett has. The... <laughs> and I hate that so much. But it, it, not only that, but Donald Parham's out of the way. Like he's back on IR. It, you know, a, a big part of the analysis was that you know, Donald Parham is going to take over this role. Well, now not only is Donald Parham out of the way, Mike Williams is out of the way. Keenan Allen is mostly out of the way. Like this is, this is, there's, there aren't a whole lot of options beyond Gerald Everett and Gerald Everett is going to see about the softest coverage you can get for the rest of the season. So yeah, it's, we're, we're, we're back there. We're back on Gerald Everett and I don't like it, but, <laughs> you just can't deny the opportunity, the combination of the opportunity and the role uh, and the schedule. I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, players you can drop. I've got Van Jefferson and Robert Woods. Both of those guys pretty uninvolved at this point. Certainly for Robert Woods, a big part of it is uh, Malik Willis at quarterback, but I don't even know that Ryan Tannehill unlocks him. It just, it, they just, they're not really throwing to the wide receivers in general. You're getting a trail on Burks back here before too long. There's just not a whole lot. There, there's not enough meat on the bone for Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, Van Jefferson, it's, it's similar. Um, but I mean, we're talking about, like we we've seen this offense this rams offense as they want it you know we've seen it at full health and it doesn't involve van jefferson yeah and i i put on Kadarius tony and a lot of even what john said about van jefferson i think applies to Kadarius tony even if we don't really want it to so outside of who i think he is as a person i i think he's probably like fourth option for Mahomes at best, maybe fifth if it's a high like volume week for the running back. But 
I think that you want McColl and Juju both, obviously Kelsey, but for the wide receiver room, I think you want Juju and McColl before Kadarius Tony. And there's just not a le- a bunch left over. Sure, you could have a big play breakout. Kadarius Tony, you're probably honestly better off trying to trade. But if that doesn't work out, honestly, I, I don't think he's going to help your team. And there's probably somebody that will help you quicker on waivers. Redraft. Yep. Um, I already gave my fade, so I'll let you do yours. James Conner was back, had a decent week. <laughs> I This is a tough fade because I think James Conner is also one of those players that as long as he's healthy, as long as he's on a team, you know you can start in most weeks and you can at least get decent flex points. Still the same, man. Like There's enough teams out there that need a running back that you can get rid of James Conner for at least a little something before he's not playing again. I, mm-hmm. I just... Uh, don't think he's special and he had a decent week out of injury and i think it's a good opportunity to just kind of move on from him honestly i think it's the window you needed to open up i'm so on board with this one yeah like not only is he he's he's not durable and then like you said even when he is healthy he's just not special it's a yeah and this offense is neither. <laughs> like, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's getting better. They're getting healthy. They're you know they've got Hopkins back off the suspension. Like, there's there's it's it's improving, but it's all in the passing game for the most part. But even then, it's just it's it's there's just not enough credibility for you know to really open things up for James Conner. I'm so I'm good with that. Players you can buy and hold. Um, I'm actually going to let you go first because I want, <laughs> I've got one of my guys that we're going to, we're, I'll talk about last because we got to tie it in. Yeah. So Joshua Palmer, I totally believe what we're seeing in Josh Palmer from the volume he's getting to how he's handling it. I think he got t- 12 targets and brought in 10 of them. I think he's the wide receiver of the future for that team. I should say one of the wide receivers of the future for that team. I'm not all saying that Palmer's automatically going to be Keenan Allen when he retires or anything like that, but Palmer's been somebody that has actually impressed Keenan Allen with his route running ability and whatnot. And I think Palmer is part of that team for, for the future. He's somebody that I'm happy to add to my teams. And then same with Brandon Ayuk. I don't think we talk quite enough, about how well Brandon Ayuk has done with the offensive changes there either and how Debo has kind of been the one that fell behind a little bit. I think that so much Brandon Ayuk shade has been out there for the last couple of years that you can still buy Brandon Ayuk again out of his bye week for a pretty decent price and add him to your wide receiver group. It's price dependent. I just, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like, most people like Brandon Ayuk a little less than me. No, I'm good with that. And it's it's a little bit of a reflection on on Debo Samuel at the moment too. So mm-hmm. um again, kind of arbitrage. Like I think that Debo Samuel, especially in a dynasty league, Debo's still gonna have more value, but um that just means that Brandon Ayuk, you know, equal or greater production on a weekly basis at a much cheaper price. So, yeah, that's a great move to make. 
Uh, I, I'm going to start with Zach Wilson um, just because we haven't, part yeah. of it is we haven't had nearly enough quarterback talk today. <laughs> um, but the top three remaining schedules for quarterback, it's Russell Wilson, it's Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's Zach Wilson. He has been, I mean, we're, like we're still essentially in the rookie season for Zach Wilson at this point. Between, you know, injuries last year and this year, the he's missed enough games that he's essentially, uh, you know, we're, we're still seeing essentially the rookie development of Zach Wilson at this point. And I, I just, I don't feel like it's nearly as bad as people think. There were three interceptions last week, but he went well over 300 yards, two touchdowns. This week, uh, in week nine, it was... Um, you know, it was under 200 yards passing, still gets in the end zone a couple times, gets, uh, keeps Garrett Wilson fed with uh, nine receptions, eight receptions, whatever. I should pull that up, but I'm not going to. But <laughs> um, it, but it, it, it was clean. They get the win over the New England Patriots. Last week it was the win over, was it, wasn't it Buffalo? Didn't they beat Buffalo last week? Mm-hmm, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, in, in both cases, he did what needed to be done to get the win. And now he's going to get much easier defenses to deal with. So like going forward for the rest of the season. So uh, man, people love to hammer on Zach Wilson and talk about how bad he is and how they need to replace him. How much better, how much better things were under Flacco, but man, Zach Wilson has been progressing just fine. And, and winning. like I said, yeah, winning games doing, and like I said, kind of doing what it takes to win those games, like, you know, giving you, giving you exactly what you need to go get that win. So I think that that's going to continue and, and, you know, the easier schedule is going to make this, um, make this uh, even more lucrative going forward. The other guy that I'm buying is somebody that you're selling. So we're just going to kind of love this player. Yeah. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who that's another one that we talked about quite a bit at the beginning of the season. We kind of backed away as the season, uh, you know, with the the injury as the injuries kind of started to hit. Now he's finally back healthy. Uh, that whole offense is getting a little bit healthier now. And he's back to getting elite levels of, uh, of target, like an elite level target share. It didn't amount to much in week nine, but he had a 33% target share. That's, that's nuts. That's awesome. Now, yeah. He's got it. It's a tough schedule, but. I mean, all this means is, and especially, you know, you, you lose TJ Hawkinson, that typically means targets, you know, more targets available to slot receiver and running backs out of the backfield. And then whoever takes over tight end gets something. But, you know, I don't think that, I don't even, I'm not even sure who their new tight end is. Right. Isn't it? Yeah. They have Brack Wright. And then, um, yeah, the rookie, uh, timothy or something yeah on the field a little bit too yeah yeah so but you know the majority of that work that would have been hawkinson's ended up going to 
you know, somewhat to Swift, still not fully healthy. Um, but you know, he's, that's still, that's still part of, uh, you know, a feature of their offense, but, um, it, it seems like a, at least some percentage of that went on Mon Ross St. Brown. And I think that that probably continues. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, and we've, we've seen this in the past with Kenny Galladay is kind of my favorite example of this, where it was like, you know, he ends up getting tough coverage and bad matchups and it just doesn't matter because of the amount of volume that he gets, you know? And now it's, you know, now it's kind of like we pass the torch on to Amon Ross St. Brown. So the fact that you just got kind of a down game from him, despite the fact that there was a ton of volume to me, that makes him a great buy. Yeah. I mean, man, we've had a few down games from Amon Ross St. Brown Mm -hmm. and he had like that, I think it was week two or something where he gave us like the video game numbers. Um, yeah. I mean, when I say like sell Amon Ross St. Brown, I'm kind of thinking like to me how important it is to sell before everybody else wants to. And and what can I get today versus I mean, if you go to like Dynasty Trades Calculator, he's valued as like a top six or seven wide receiver today, I think. Mm-hmm. So the one league I did trade him in, I traded Amon Ross St. Brown and I got back Juju who's getting 12 targets a week, 10 targets a week. And I got him and Jahan Dotson both for Amon Ross St. Brown, who I, I freaking like a lot. Like Amon is my highest rostered wide receiver, but I've never paid what people will pay today even with those down weeks. So for me, it's not just like I'm done with Amon Ross St. Brown, but I'm definitely testing the waters out to see what I can bring back for him. Um, Personally, maybe trying to diversify a little bit, which other people might want just their first share or two, which I get that too. But for me, man, I just, there's, there's something, something happening there that I don't like. I don't know if it's just Jared Goff, and it just doesn't seem as smooth as it did last year, those last six games. It started off pretty nice where you could be like, ah, oh, see, it's still there, but it really hasn't been. It's It's been more like he's a wide receiver too, which is fine. It's awesome, actually. Like, I, I uh, That's how I play the game with wide receiver twos. But I feel like I just got two of them for Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, if that's a type of return you can get... And uh, and to be totally transparent, I did have your favorite player. I traded away Amon Ross St. Brown and Jarvis Landry. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so kind of like a little nobody. addition by subtraction. <laughs> <laughs> John hates Jarvis Landry. Yeah. The, the player. Yeah, I'm sure he's a delightful person, but as a as a player, he's always annoyed me. I just want people I, I, I call me crazy. I want you know, on my fantasy teams, I want guys who score touchdowns. Like that's gotta be at least somewhere in their DNA. They don't have to do it all the time, but like once in a while, score a freaking touchdown, you know? Um, at least have that type of upside. Yep. <laughs> and he doesn't. So for me, like I don't know, part of my mindset was if this does keep continuing 
how many weeks is it before I can't even get Juju straight up for a Monra? Yeah. That's so yeah. That one it like it feels it feels weird just because of the way these two started the season. But I like I kind of acknowledge to you off air. I think I I don't think I've been paying enough attention to what Juju Smith Schuster has been doing. I just kind of wrote him off, and it was probably way too soon. And and you know part of it was just kind of historically, wide receivers lose you know leaving in free agency. You just you don't get a whole lot out of them afterwards. Like if they get traded, that's that's fine. But when they leave in free agency, it's very rare that they do anything. Yeah. And so I just kind of assumed that with Juju, like there, there are definitely exceptions to that, but it, it like the easy analysis um, and it turned out to be lazy analysis was to say, yeah, that's, you know, this is, that's what Juju is going to be as well. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's starting to feel like that, type of return uh like if if you can sell for that kind of my theory was that you're probably able to get a mon raw for quite a bit cheaper than that right at the moment but if that's the return you can get yeah and that was I sent mean, to me yeah so he could be a buy a hold or a sell <laughs> apparently yeah. You know, and and uh, man, we'll have to feel it out in different leagues because I'd buy a Monroe St. Brown from somebody that's down on him. I, I like him still. I think he's a safe player with, but starting to wonder if he's going to continuously be that wide receiver one that he's valued at today. Yeah. Um, some other guys we can sell. I'll, you know, you I'm might sell well an just... Elvin Kamara. Yeah. Yep. I, I just don't think he's giving us anything close to the value we put into him. That value word. I think that he's still somebody, though, that you could move to a team that's doing well. Or if you're in a redraft league where you're trying to win, I think that you could take care of a, another position of need with somebody that needs a running back. Maybe you need a wide receiver. But Alvin Kamara is just not getting it done for us in that offense anymore. Yep. He hasn't been for a while. He needed Drew Brees. Yeah. And now I'm, the legal issues still in the video surfacing. Yeah. Yeah. That's still, that's still, like definitely in a dynasty league. This is kind of, this is probably peak for Alvin Kamara because you're next year you're probably dealing with a suspension on top of the fact that he's old yeah you know so um yeah I mean I think he probably gets through this season without a suspension but like that's looming too on top of like you said there's there's just kind of uh, we're just kind of missing something right now in the uh in the on-field performance as well so I it, I you know I mentioned we hadn't talked a whole lot about quarterbacks on this episode. One of the names I thought about bringing up was Jameis Winston, um, just because that whole offense is struggling right now, even though they're healthier uh, than they had been, you know, they're, they're still like, they just kind of started to struggle under uh, Andy Dalton. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a quarterback shift coming mm -hmm. there too. Um, but I, I like your sell here though. Yeah. 
I've got two of them. And so, first of all, Joe Mixon is typically like five touchdowns. We typically talk about that as a fade, right? <laughs> like that's that's we're we're not gonna we're definitely not gonna chase that. But I think that people know better than to chase that. But I do think that people probably saw some upside, especially with Jamar Chase uh, out that, you know, some upside with Joe Mixon that's probably not necessarily going to exist. And then there's the added narrative here with Chris Evans injured that, you know, you're you're not even taking uh, taking Mixon off the field nearly as much, um, you know, even in uh, uh, negative game scripts. Uh, he, you're still going to, you know, there should be even more carries available to him. All of this stuff, all of that should just inflate his value because there is, there. I mean, we we just were getting next to nothing from him, generally speaking, until this no, five touchdown. <laughs> 29% of his fantasy production came in week nine. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. 30% like of, of through nine weeks. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So he scored basically, you know, three, uh, basically three games worth of points all in one game. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's... <laughs> three games that would have been better than his seasonal average. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, that one just feels way too obvious. That screams. So, yeah. Uh, but the other one that had kind of an outlier game is Devonte Adams. Um, I it's it's not nearly as much of a sell for me as Mixon um, because I think that there's some sustainability to what Devonte Adams has been doing um, and should be able to continue to do. But 47 percent target share is unheard of. If you did, yeah. you know, with Darren Waller out, uh, I want to say that um, Hunter Renfro was out. I don't remember for sure, but like, it, <laughs> he's like either always way. Out now. Even when he's <laughs> yeah, in, it's like, man, that one of my biggest misses is probably Hunter Renfro in PPR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you get more, you get healthier, first of all. Second of all, you get more production from the running game. Like, these are all things that have to happen in Vegas. Yeah. Like, we're talking about guys trying to save their jobs at this point we're talking about josh mcdaniels we're talking about Derek carr um you know these are these guys are play or are trying to preserve their jobs at this point and last place in the afc west that was supposed to be you know such a fun competitive division and ended up actually being very winnable and they're in last place like this is this is stuff that you you know, you, you, you have to find more sustainable ways to play the game and to show some competency. And that does not mean throwing the ball half the time to, to any one person, even if it is Devonte Adams. Yeah. Especially if it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Like <laughs> it blew him the 17 point lead on top of it. So yeah, if that was your game plan, like, <laughs> I mean, congratulations on executing, but you... <laughs> it was the process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> process over results. <laughs> process one, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we lost the game, but our process was sound. 
just throw it to Devonte Adams every <laughs> other pass. <laughs> uh, yeah. So sell Devonte Adams, um, sell Joe Mixon, sell Alvin Kamara, and do whatever you want with Amon Ross St. Brown. He's a tough one, man. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely not just saying like sell, get out now. I'm I'm really not too worried about Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, but the return I got. I don't know if you could get that or not. Try it if you like that trade. Throw it out there, and, and let us know. I'm gonna be, I'll be, I'll be fair to the show here, because um, I didn't bring this up, but it, and and now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably important. This was also a dynasty league that was formed on Twitter, but everybody in the league is from Michigan, mm-hmm. so Amon Ross St. Brown probably holds a little bit more value in that league. Yeah. It, yeah, which should mean that he's even easier to acquire uh in in other leagues. Yep. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Will but, you guys though if you try to add Amon Ross St. Brown, let us know what what you get for him or what you offered for him. Yeah. And if you sell him, also I'm curious like what way you decide to play this and what kind of offers like DM John or Superflex super show or something. And let us have that information. Yeah. We'll definitely share it on air. I like that. Um, all right. Yeah. I think we nailed it. I think we, uh, we did not quite make it, make it make, <laughs> we did not quite get through it in an hour and a half. Two shows in um, one. Yeah. That's <laughs> what we're giving go. them, man. <laughs> it's like a Twix bar, man. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I I mean, all that's left for you is just to go and execute. Do it. I know.